You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjacks.com. You know, I was praying about, um, I'm getting to preach one time this month because I'm going to India. I was like, I better make it good, you know. Um, but I was thinking about uh, what I should preach on. We've been having all these stories like Tom's this week about outside the church walls about us praying, about people praying for people. Like in, like at Cinnabon and the kiosk across from Cinnabon. And if you, if, if you're like, what's the Cinnabon thing? You got to go listen to the testimonies next week. You have to listen to them. I'm just going to say they're all about God showing up at Cinnabon, right? And so, um, but anyway, we had all these stories of normal people. When I say normal people, just people like you and me, average normal people that are just going around praying for people. As the Lord leads them, they're praying for people. Our motion ministry, we heard a lot about last week where they show up, they pray, the Lord speaks to them, and they just go. They go into the community, and they just pray for people. And uh, as I was praying about today's talk, I thought, you know, how frustrating would it be if, we're si- if you're sitting in the crowd and you're like, I want to pray for people, but I don't know how to pray for people. What do they do? What do they say? How does it work? You know, what if nothing happens? What if, what if there, you know, something does happen? What, you know, all those questions. And so I thought, man, what a great opportunity while the church is together to reemphasize our ministry model of prayer, to r- remind us and show us all how simple this is, how easy this is, that we really are invited. All of us are invited and we all get to play. It's one of the, the themes of our church is that everybody gets to play. It's not about the staff. We're not more powerful than anybody. There's not, I don't have more power than you. I don't have more authority than you. We equally, we all... Green light, there we go. Ed does have power, see that? Um, but we all have authority. We all have power to go out and do this. And as we were singing today, I've done a lot of work on the scripture. I was praying in the shower this way. I was just praying. You don't need to know this in the shower. Sorry, ladies. But, um, you know, I was praying and the Lord is laying on my heart, the story of the woman at the well. And I, I love this story for a lot of different reasons. But I, I really love the story. And I started doing the work I need to do to look at the background, the history, you know, what God was doing, what Jesus was doing in his ministry, what was happening, and all the things that I do when I prepare for a talk. And I have, like, you know, all this material. And uh, just in worship today, as we're singing that song, God's rising up an army, there's two things that I can do on a Sunday morning. One thing is that I can kind of go deep into the word and unpack it in a way that convinces you that there's actually a war going on. That scripture communicates there's more to life than what you see, what you feel, what you touch, what's just in front of you. And, and I do that sometimes. We do that. I've been doing that with God's love. Unpacking God's love in a way that you experience and see the deeper, the deeper aspects of how God sees you and feels you so that you'll believe it. And as you think correctly about how God loves you, you'll live differently. Okay, so that's one of, the, one of the routes I can go on whenever we talk about the woman at the well. The other route I can go on, and we do that. We love that because the word leads us in life. The spirit leads us, but the word is our foundation. Everything we do, everything we say, everything. Everything is measured against the word of God, the Bible. We believe it's true, it's real, every single word in it. But anyway, the other thing I can do is kind of take it, I can take it and say, well, you know, I think people today believe and understand that there is a war going on. There's more happening than what we see. And my job then becomes to create expectation that God's going to show up, to motivate you to go out and begin to pray. Almost, it would be like a general talking to the troops, kind of like the troops know we're getting ready to get shot at. 
The troops know it's going to be tough. The troops know there's a war going on. My job is to give you the tools, the resources, and the, and the, the motivation to go out and fight and to fight well for the hearts of the lost. And so I'm going to speak twice on this scripture. You'd think that I'd do the deep part first, and then it would lead me into the more surfacey stuff, but I'm actually not. I'm actually going to talk about the implications and the desire Jesus has for all of us to be a part of the army that he's creating. The desire that Jesus has as our general, as our commander, to lead us in this war, to lead all of us in this war, to fight for the hearts of men and women who the enemy has come. And John 10 talks about the enemy comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. You know, and it looks like Tom's testimony. That's what it looks like for, for us, is that we are living life in a way we're saying, God, I don't want to miss any opportunities. Lord, show me and open the doors for me. Show me who you want me to pray for, who you want me to rescue, who you want me to love. Show me so that I can go and love those people. I mean, imagine if all of us left today and had the mindset of, I'm not gonna miss another opportunity to pray. At every nudge from the spirit, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be obedient. At every opportunity, I'm gonna get out of, the, I'm gonna get out of my comfort. I'm gonna get out of my foxhole in the battle and I'm actually gonna shoot at the enemy. I'm actually gonna engage the enemy. I'm actually gonna try to take back what the enemy has stolen. Yeah? And so that's what today's talk's gonna be on. But I am gonna unpack some of this because it's a great... It's a great story, even at the surface, of what God's desire is, of how Jesus moves and how he loves to interact with us, how he loves to use us. And he he gives us a model for prayer here that I think is consistent with our model at River City Church. I titled the talk, Love, Listen, and Leap, L-L-L. Leap doesn't make that much sense, though. I was looking for another word, and I just couldn't find one. So I'll have to... We're stretch on that one, okay? But um, what we're gonna see in this story is that Jesus is first compelled by love. Love, 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 love. Love is central. I've been really intrigued lately at the relationship between authority and love. What's more important? What's more important, love or authority? I don't know, I mean, I'm just saying. You'd think, you know, I'd say love, you know? Because he says that in Corinthians, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, he says love is the most important. But the relationship to authority is equally important. The, the reality of, of us believing we've been given authority, we've been given power. But what's the relationship with love? I think it's the most important in the relationship. It's why whenever people need healing, people need to be rescued, to be restored, and they're a f- part of our church, I don't want to send them anywhere else. I say come here because we will love you the most. We might not have the technique, we might have the the experience, we might not have the history, but we have love. We have love more than anyone. And I believe that love is a huge factor in our ministry model that I'm gonna unpack today. It's the most important thing. And then we see Jesus listening to the Father and, and only doing what the Father does, only saying what he hears the Father say, and only ministering to who he has, who the Father wants him to minister to. We see that in the story as well. And then once the woman is impacted, this woman is impacted by the love of God, she's her kind of Jesus reads her mail prophetically through the power of the spirit, her response is to leap up. Now this is the stretch. She gets up and she goes back into the town and she brings all the lost. She starts to tell the lost about the Messiah. And the response of healing, of transformation, of prayer, of us risking is that the lost are saved. That is the greatest miracle. 
That is the greatest miracle. That is the goal. That is our responsibility. That is what Jesus fights for and has died for, is that the lost would come and be saved. The lost, the broken, those that are in the greatest, the greatest, the people who are farthest away would hear the good news and come close. And that's the, a nutshell of what I think the scripture is about. And so we're gonna read through the scripture. I'm just gonna read it. And we're just gonna see what God does with it. I'm gonna unpack a little of it. And then I'm gonna call someone up here. And I'm gonna show you how to pray for them. So that, and we're, I, I, someone had a word in the church that this is going on in this person. And we're gonna have some prayer for that, for whoever they are. I know, don't, you can't leave now because I'll call you out. <laughs> Let's read the scripture. Why do you just put it up there and we'll just kind of fly through it, okay? Now when Jesus... Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. What? It was about the sixth hour. <laughs> a woman from Samaria came to, draw the, came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband for you have had five husbands and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem, that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. So the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and said, and said to the people, come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Many Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. That's why we like the Bible right there. That one verse solidifies it for us. 
They came to him, they asked him to stay with him, and he stayed for two days. And many believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this indeed, this is indeed the Savior of the world. Oh, my word. Lord, we pray that you would open our hearts to hear and to see what you want to say. Amen. All right. That's a lot. That's a lot, isn't it? I mean, that's an amazing story. These are the pieces I want to unpack, just tell you, just real kind of across the top. You know, Jesus and Jews, the Jews and the Samaritans didn't get along, okay? And we see in this story, before any of that happens, I'm going to tell you why that is in a minute. We see Jesus, weary and tired. And it reflects to us this reality about his humanity, that Jesus came and being fully man and fully God, chose to live as a human, to give us a model how we should live. We lose the excuse that, well, he was Jesus. He knew everything. He could do anything. He was all of everything. No, Jesus was a human being who ate, who drank, who got tired. And in this story, we see a reality, I think, communicated to us that says, seriously, Are you seriously going to follow me? Because if you are, just know there will be times in your relationship with my father, there will be times in your life where you're weary and tired and it does not dismiss you from showing my love. You see, being called into this battle, into this army that we've been called into, just know it's a war, it's a battle. You will find times in your life where you are weary and tired, where you're exhausted, where you're fed up, where your family's out of control. And many of us would love to use that as an excuse. Well, Jesus, he was God. He could do whatever he wanted. He didn't experience. The Bible says, scripture tells us, no, Jesus was familiar with all of our suffering. Jesus is familiar with all of our temptation. Jesus knows exactly what we're going through. It says even in the prophecies about Jesus that he will be familiar with suffering to the point where people will turn their face from him. He's just a normal guy. He's not the super, he's not the rock star. He's not the guy in shiny clothes. He is a normal human being. He ministered as a normal human being to show to us, this is what it looks like to minister in and for my father. Is that you will be weary and you will be tired. And in this message to this woman, we see Jesus in the midst of his weariness, him moving towards her in love. What compelled him? Was it the mission? No, it was the love he had for her. It was the being obedient to the father and the father's command to listen to him and to move into the relationships that I open the door for and call you to. And Tom's testimony is great. When he walks out, the Lord says, well, you're not done here. You know, I'm sure as Jesus was walking to the well, his disciples left, he thought, oh man, I'm gonna have to draw water on my own. I got nothing to draw water with. I'm tired, I'm weary, exhausted, Probably the last, last person or last thing he wanted to do was more for his father. And that's exactly what Jesus calls us to. If you want to be someone that God uses, as if you want to be someone that is up here giving testimonies, as God opens the door, just know it's not going to happen. It's not going to, it's usually not going to be in just an easy, perfect scenario. It's going to require you to lean on and trust in the father It's why this seminar is so important. As you become familiar with the Father's voice, believe the Father's love for you is what it is, that you'll then 
be able to be obedient in the times in your life where it's difficult. And we see Jesus doing this perfectly. The other thing we see is we see this in this scripture, in this verse, is that, that um, Jesus asked her for something to drink. And Jesus isn't supposed to because it says that Samaritan, Samaritans and Jews weren't supposed to interact or get along or they're angry at each other, they're mad at each other. And we, some of you probably had sermons on this. And as I was reading more about this, the actual Greek language that's talking about here really communicates they're not supposed to share uh, like eating utensils and eating vessels specifically. And so when he asked her, because what we know in history is that Jews and Samaritans did business together. They, did, they had interaction all the time. So specifically what we know is that the Jews were not allowed to share eating vessels, plates, bowls, jugs, I don't know, utensils, I don't know what they had back then, you know, to eat food with, but they weren't allowed, none of that, because Samaritans were considered unclean, Jews were chosen and clean, and the reason where that came from is even cooler, all right, where that came from is, see, whenever the nation of Israel, during the dispersion, I talked about this the first week of James, that Israel was, God's children were, they were disobedient, God allowed them to be conquered, and being conquered, the north by Assyria, the south by Babylon, I think, or vice versa, I can't remember right now, what happened is those nations moved in and they took everything they wanted, okay? Children, women, men, and, they, and, and gold and silver. They, they possessed whatever they wanted in the land and then took, those, took the Jews back to their country to be slaves, to be concubines for the king, to do whatever they wanted with them, basically. They killed a lot of the men, but they left a certain group behind. You guess who it was? The poor, they left the poor behind, the, the disfigured, the handicapped, the lame, the broken, the disenchanted, you know, the people who they didn't want to bring, the misfits. So Israel, the nation of Israel became the island of the misfit people. That's what was left. And then what would happen is countries from around Israel said, man, this is the land of milk and honey. We're going to go capitalize on that. And they moved into the land. They took it over and they started to marry these people or have babies with these people that were left, the poor, the disfigured. The nation that arose out of that were called Samaritans, half-breeds with no real identity. And so there was a time when a king let Israel start to build the wall again for the Jews to start build the wall again. And the Samaritans came and said, we are from your same God. We love your God. We want to worship your God. Would you let us help you build the temple? And the Jews said, no. We won't let you be a part of our family anymore. We don't want you to help us build the temple. And from that point, the Samaritans and the Jews hated each other. And we see Jesus bridging this gap, choosing to bridge a gap that had for hundreds of years been where two cultures, one enslaving the other, one avoiding the other, one throwing the other aside. Jesus from the one saying, actually, I don't want you to ask. I'm asking you to help me. A Jew asking a Samaritan if she will help him. That's what Jesus does, isn't it? That's what the heart of the battle, of the war, is us choosing to engage a group of people that really don't want our help, don't know they need our help, and don't really care about 
who God is, but we move towards them in love anyway so that they will experience the freedom and the living water and the life that Jesus offers them. That it will always be at our expense. It will always, the cost will always be ours just like it was for Jesus. But that's the invitation. That's the opportunity that we have. It's the cross every boundary that the world has set up, everything that stands in our way and move towards people with the compassion and the love of God to care for them, to see them, to meet them. Now in the rest of the story, we see God meeting this woman at her, you know, in a way that is emotional, ministering to her emotional needs. We see God ministering and taking care of physical and spiritual needs as well. And again, as I unpack this the next time I teach, you'll see more of that. But for today, that's enough. That's enough of an invitation, if you're desiring to be an army, to know that the stage has been set for us to cross a, a, a cross culture, to cross and move against the world to bring the love of God, even when we're weird, even when we're tired, because Jesus did it, and he's our example. And so for some in the room today, you, you've never maybe heard or believed that this was the ministry and work of Jesus. For you, it's always been about religion. Well, I gotta get cleaned up for God to love me. I have to go to church for God to love me. I have to read the Bible for God to love me. I have to, I have to do these things for God to love me. But that's not the truth. The woman didn't do any of those things. And Jesus loved her right where she was, living with a lover, committing adultery, having had five husbands. I found out the record was like 22 back in the day. But anyway, that's where she was. She was a, a disgraced woman, a Samaritan, a half-breed And Jesus moved towards her to love her, to have compassion on her, to show her my father loves you. And that is the invitation for some of you today who are visiting, who don't go to church, who don't believe these things about Jesus. But this is what Jesus, who Jesus really is. He is after your heart. He wants to bring healing to you this morning. He wants you to experience his father's love, his father's life. All those things that we talked about, the parts of your heart, the parts of your life, that are dead, he wants to bring back again. So if you're thinking, man, I wanna be a part of the battle, okay. So this morning, what we believe is that God is healing people in this room that have heart condition and that we we believe that God is healing people in this room specifically that might have a sciatic nerve issue, a back issue that hurts in their back. We just know that God's doing that. We had a word about it. We know that every time we show up, we worship God. These are the things that happen. He's pouring out his love. All the time. He's healing us emotionally, physically, and spiritually. All the time as we ask him. We feel specifically this morning that he's, he's healing someone who has a back problem or a sciatic nerve problem, all right? It's running down their leg. I don't know who it is. But if you're so willing, we're going to pray for you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to use you as a guinea pig. And we're going to pray for your healing. I'm going to normalize our model so everyone in the room knows how to go pray for people at the convenience store, okay? So... Is there anybody in here who would come forward who has a sciatic nerve problem that will let me use them as a guinea pig? I promise I'll be gentle, I'll be normal. Come on, come on up here. There you go. Okay, now, come on. What's your name? You don't have to run. Don't run. It might hurt your leg, your back, or whatever sciatic nerve is. Simone, dude, you missed the boat. Go over there. Martha, you go, I should switch with you because he's going to mess with you the whole time. 
Come on, Martha. Just switch. Dude. I can't believe you didn't call me out. Well, I, I didn't know who it was. We just knew someone with, you know. Give me my money back. I know. <laughs> okay, so the first thing is, what compels me to pray for him the most? When you see him healed, no. It's, it, it's God's love. We heard a word that God was doing something just like Jesus, 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 just like Jesus said. He was sitting there talking to her, talking to her. A word from the Lord came and said, yeah, how many husbands do you have? He asked her a question, intriguing, inviting her into more. He asked her a question. How do you know what question to ask? He heard from the Lord. Okay, he heard a specific fact about something in her life. That's called a word of knowledge. It's one of the spiritual gifts, okay? Well, in the worship today, someone came over to me and said, hey, I feel like I've heard a word from the Lord. I don't know if it's what's going on with it, but for sciatic nerve and heart, heart condition. I picked the back sciatic nerve issue because it hurts. It hurts right now? It hurts right now. Heart conditions, you're like, how will you know if you're really healed? So we're just gonna pray, right? So the first thing is, is that you just, whatever the Lord lays something on your heart, prompts you to pray for someone, you're like, oh, okay, I can do this. And so you go to the person, hey, dude, I know this could be awkward because we're in front of 400 people right now. But I just have a sense that God wants to bring healing to you today. And, or God wants to do this today or that today. And what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna lay my hand on your shoulder and invite the Holy Spirit to come. And we're just gonna wait to see what happens. Now, here's the deal, guys. We're all on this journey together. And so because I've been doing this for longer than some of you, it doesn't mean I have more power, but I have discernment that maybe you don't have. But others in the room who have just started on the journey don't have discernment. And so as you come forward for prayer, just know, our folks will get it wrong sometimes, and that's okay. We're on a journey together. But one of the things we have to realize is that as we're on a journey together, like we need to be normal in this situation, okay? Because the more abnormal you are, The more weird stuff you do, the more of a distraction you are to what God wants to do. And again, what's powerful about praying for someone is not the words that you say. It's what God's doing. And so anything that you say when you pray for someone needs to be an encouragement, needs to be a blessing, and you need to have some assurance that that's what God is saying. If you don't hear anything, when you lay your hand on someone, just say, Lord, we bless what you're doing. I just bless what you're doing. I bless what you're doing. Lord, I know you're doing something because you tell us when we ask for your spirit to come, he always comes. I know you're doing something. All right, so in ministry time, prayer ministers, remember, it's not about you. It's about you inviting people into an opportunity to experience God's love. And so we just lay our hand on his shoulder and we just say, you might wanna close your eyes so you're not distracted. Hold out your hands. You don't have to do this in public. Like you might not do this. I'm just gonna pray for you, okay? But in our model, we ask people to do something. So I'm gonna pray. No, no, don't do it here. We're just gonna do it like we're in public. Martha, you start praying too, all right? So I'd say, Holy, what's, what leg is it? Your left one. Now, you don't need to put up your antenna right now and like point it towards us, okay? You don't need to do that. This is not an antenna. When you pray for people in public, don't raise the antenna because that is awkward for everybody. And Jesus can hear your thoughts. He is God, fully God. All right? So we just say, you know, I'm just gonna pray for you. Holy Spirit, just come now. We pray that you would release your healing. We just wait for you, Lord. Just come, Holy Spirit. We just invite you to come. See, I'm just being normal. I'm just engaging. I'm inviting the Lord to come to bring your healing. Is there any power right here? No, 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 no. Any authority? No, 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 no. It's all God. It's all God. And this is what you do in public. You're at Burger King, you're in line. Holy Spirit, come. Hey, I'm just gonna pull you over here. Oh, you say the word, that ever, whatever word God gave you. 
Don't eat your fries. There's salmonella in it. Don't eat your fries. But right now, this is the word that God's given us. Come, Holy Spirit. We invite you to come. Come right now. Martha, why don't you step to the side just so that the people can see you. And so we're just praying, Lord, that you would bring healing. Just bring your healing to the sciatic nerve, whatever's causing pain in A.D.'s leg, in his back, anything and everything. This is not as it should be. I command to be healed in the name of Jesus and the authority of Jesus. Come, Lord. We just wait. We keep our eyes open because we, we expect the kingdom of God to come. We want to see what God's doing. We're looking at them. If they start to fall over or something, which we've seen happen, you want to catch them. You want to be praying for someone who's not there anymore, okay? Just laying on the ground. So we keep our eyes open. It's our eyes are open in expectation that God is doing something right now with AD. He's doing something. He's healing him. Just come, Lord. We pray for your power to come through your spirit and restore what is wrong. Jesus, we just pray that you would come and remind A.D. that whether you heal him or not, your desire, your greatest desire is for him to know your love and that that love is not attached to a sciatic nerve. It's not attached to anything he does, anything he's been, anything he's said. That you love him. You're never too tired. You're never too weary to reach out, to move towards him. That you want to share everything you have with him. Just come, Lord. We pray that you would heal his heart. Okay, so, like, I'm praying for him, and I feel like those are the words the Lord just shared with me. So the heart condition is not a physical one. I feel like what Lord wants to do is minister to A.D.'s heart. And the A.D., I think, is attached in his relationship with God, his healing in the affection and the love of the Father, like so many of us do. If God loved me, he would do this. If God loved me, then this wouldn't be the way it is. If God loved me, then this. And Jesus wants them to know, I never leave you. I've never left you. My love is always for you. Jesus, we just pray that you come and restore and bring life where there's been death, that you would resurrect. Come, Holy Spirit. Now, if we're in public, I keep praying like this, but now what I would ask is, hey, dude, I'm gonna put my hand on your chest just where your heart is and just pray for God to come. You don't have to. It's not any more power that way. I just feel that Spirit's kind of prompting me that way. And we just wanna do what God's doing. We just wanna do it normal way. So, AD, I'm just gonna put my hand over your heart right here to say that you come, Holy Spirit, where there's brokenness in his heart, a misunderstanding of his love, of your love for him, that you would bring healing. It's more of your healing. It's more of your love. Lady, do you feel different at all? Or what was happening? Do you hear God say anything or do anything? Do you feel it? Is the pain still there? Pain still there? 
Okay. What about the other stuff that I was talking about? Does that any of that make sense? And so, what do you want me to keep praying for? I mean, just want to keep praying for your back some more? Okay. So I'm just going to put my hand on your back, all right? So right here, where the pain is? Jesus, we thank you for meeting A.D. right where he is in his heart. Y'all keep your eyes open. I'm doing this for your benefit. Don't bow your heads. For the sake, he's, make, he's all awkward. I'm all awkward. Just look at us. I'm showing you how to do this, so you'll do it. Jesus, Come. You're working and you're healing his heart. We're thankful for your faithfulness and how you're healing his heart. We pray now that you would heal his back physically. Come, Holy Spirit, and heal his back. Just come, Lord. We ask that you would come, Father. I command what's wrong in your back, the God's authority that he's given me in Christ, that you'd be healed. Just come, Holy Spirit. So while I'm doing this, I'm just listening. I'm just listening to what the Lord's doing. What is it he wants me to say? Is there more? Being normal. I'm not blowing on him right now, whispering in his ear. I am praying in tongues just under my breath just so that I can hear the Lord. It's one of the things that helps me hear the Lord. He doesn't know that. You wouldn't know that if I was praying for you. And certainly someone in public wouldn't know that. Just come, Lord. You feel anything? Not as much tingling? Just pray for more, Lord. Just bring more of your healing. We're thankful for what you're doing. We bless what you're doing. Some more of your healing. Some more of your healing, Lord. Feel anything anymore? No, it's tingling associated with pain. Mm-hmm. Okay, now just do something like that would normally hurt. Can I punch you in the kidney? <laughs> Does that hurt? And so, so you feel like God's doing some healing and stuff. Now you, you pre- you're feeling pressure because like, oh my gosh, you only might get fired if I'm not healed. <laughs> he said, you ain't done nothing, Anley. But um, well, just, just go down. Okay, so there was some healing that happened in his back. I mean, that's amazing. So that's like a praise God thing. But, but in the model, again, like what I want to emphasize, it's like, it's like what his, Jesus was after was his heart first. The word we had in worship was God wants to heal people's hearts. And they thought the word that came to them was physically. There was something physical healing in their heart that needed to be healed. And sciatic nerves. And so we went in where we felt like God was moving, but as we were listening to the Spirit, he said, well, actually, I'm after his heart first, and then his flesh, which would just kind of make sense how Jesus does stuff, isn't it? You know? Isn't that cool how God does that? But folks, it's not any more difficult than that. When we have prayer ministry, we're going to have it right now. You come down. You expect God to show up. The prayer ministers are open to God moving. They listen first. 
And then they wait on the Lord. We wait on the Lord as we pray for people. God prompts you to pray for someone. What do you do? You go, hey, this is gonna be awkward for both of us. I just wanna tell you, I don't do this normally. I don't do this normally. But I just wanna tell you, the Lord's given me, I feel like he wants to share some of his love with you or whatever he says to you. Say, can I just pray for you right now? I'm just gonna lay a hand on your shoulder. And we lay a hand on our shoulder and we wait. We wait. What's most powerful is not the pictures you get. It's that you're just, you're loving them. You're moving towards them. You're moving towards him with the love of Christ. He does everything else. I'm not, a tie, I'm not tied at all, except that I love AD. I mean, we're friends. I want God to heal AD. I'll say, I told you that love and authority, what's the relationship? One of the re- realities for me as I've, if I, as I've been growing and learning about healing is that the people I love the most, God uses me the most to heal. Like Laura. I love her way more than any of y'all. I love her, I love my kids, but I love her more than them. And when I pray for her, I pray for headaches, I pray for lots of things for her, God has healed her. Not all the time. And so God's stirring up in me this relationship between love and authority and power. You wanna be an effective prayer minister? You need to pray for people. You wanna bring God's power? You need to love people. You wanna love people? You need to experience the Father's love. You wanna experience the Father's love? You need to come to seminar next Friday and Saturday. (laughs) Let's stand. So what's, I did all of this at AD's expense and being awkward. What happened with this other person? Did anything happen with Martha? What happened? Vicki, will you give a testimony next Sunday? She'll share next Sunday. It's not a competition, Martha. And that wasn't, it was not competition. (laughs) Martha's always competing with me, always. Thankfully, we both love the Gators, so it's not like, you know, football seasons were civil. But, um, you know, we did that because I want you guys this week to go out and pray for people. I want you, like Tom, to say, Lord, not another opportunity. This week, I want to you to open the door. When you open the door, when you prompt me, I'm gonna go do exactly what Antley did. I'm gonna listen to the Lord. I'm gonna lay my hand on the shoulder. I'm gonna invite the Holy Spirit to come. And I'm just gonna say what I sense God's wanting me to say. Loving them all the time. Loving them all the time. And so if you wanna experience what AD experienced, we're gonna pray for healing right now. We believe God. If you're sitting there thinking like, I got a back problem, come over here. We'll pray for you. God is healing. We said, God's healing people today. And he is, he did. So come over here. If you want prayer to receive more of God's love or to love people more, come down front. If you want prayer for anything, we'd love to minister to you right now. So if you could come forward, our prayer ministers are here. We don't have another service coming, so we're running a little late, but we have your kids. It's fine. So come forward. If you're a prayer minister, if you come forward, that'd be great. We'd love to, I'm not gonna have the mic on when we pray. We're doing normal prayer ministry now. And we want God, again, one of the things we're asking for this morning, God creating us a heart of expectation, creating us opportunities for you to show up to pray for people this week and our life. If you're wanting to be part of this army that God is raising up, that he is lifting up at River City Church to change Jacksonville, then come forward and allow God to speak to you and allow him to fill you with his love, to fill you with his power and authority, to fill you with life that will lead. Why do we have the cross covered up? Gosh, just like RCC, man, gosh. We get some things right and then boom. 
Jesus, we love you. No, just leave it. He's moving in power already. That might, something else might kick off if we do that. So find some room. We have lots of room over there. There's lots of people. So I'm gonna invite the Holy Spirit to come. And we're gonna allow anybody this morning to pray. If you feel like, whether you're trained by River City Church or not, if you would like to pray for folks this morning, I saw you at the restaurant. If you wanna pray for people this morning, we're gonna let you try this, okay? We're gonna let you go for it. We're gonna say, Holy Spirit, come, and you just move around as you feel the Spirit leads you to move around and just lay a hand on their shoulder and you're just listening to the Spirit. And you're just saying what you sense God's saying. Or if you don't hear anything, you're saying, come Holy Spirit, because a lot of us, a lot of us who don't, they're not, if you're not intuitive, it's going to be harder for you to hear the Holy Spirit. And often it's through words of scripture that we get encouraged to pray for people. And so if you don't hear anything or see anything, just say, Lord, we bless what you're doing. Come Holy Spirit, we bless what you're doing. And that's as powerful as anything that anyone else who is intuitive and gets words and pictures can say. So let's do that. Father, we thank you for what you're doing this morning, for the healing that you've brought AD, for the healing that you're bringing in this room right now that's unspoken. Come right now through the power of your spirit, Lord, and we want more. We want to increase in our hearts a desire to serve you, to be in your army. We want you to increase in our lives opportunities to reach out and to save the lost, to love people. Pour out your love through your spirit this morning, Father. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord.